Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, hosted by inspirational speaker and best-selling author, Mal Duane. Mal invites you to embrace your divine wildness with powerful conversations with visionary women. Listen in and learn how to move from pain and heartache to forgiveness and freedom so you can live the life you deserve. I am over the moon today with excitement because one of my most favorite writers is my guest today. And it was no easy task getting this lady on. When I talk, when I, she's busy, beyond busy. Madison Taylor is the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Daily Om. And I've been following her since 2005 and I devour the content. She's author of Unmedicated, which is her new book this year. It came out in actually January 2018, bestseller. And an award-winning best-selling author of two previous books, including Daily Om, Inspirational Thoughts for a Happy, Healthy, and Fulfilling Day. And also this book, which I have, Daily Om, Learning to Live, which was another Amazon bestseller. And on top of all of that, her books have been translated into 15 languages. Madison also has been a contributing author for Oprah.com. And she writes online courses and recorded meditations for Daily Om. She was previously a host on XM Radio and is a popular guest on many radio shows. Her meditation for highly sensitive person was number one on the New Age album charts for Billboard, Amazon, and iTunes. She's also featured in the movie Sensitive, The Untold Story a documentary that was filmed in 2015. And it highlights highly sensitive people with sensitive traits as well um, as an episode on reality television. Madison resides in one of my most favorite places on the planet, Santa Barbara, California. Welcome girl, I am just so happy to have you here today. Thank you, it's my pleasure. I'm in awe of all that you do. I mean, all of Daily Om, the courses, this magnificent content that really helps people get up and live better lives. But let's dial back a bit and you share intimately and hear your challenges that inspired this book. But what started the creation of Daily Om? Well, uh, I had finally gotten to a point of healing in my life after all the trauma I had suffered. And I had my own aromatherapy products company in Los Angeles, and it was doing quite well. And my husband and I decided that we really wanted to do something that would help shift the world. With my aromatherapy line, um, I blessed the products because I thought, oh, this is the way to help heal people and um, kind of plant a seed in people. But I didn't know Spirit Universe had bigger plans for me. So my husband quit his job to come and help me, but that didn't last too long. And we really developed this dream together of sending a daily email. And what would happen if we sent a daily email to people to help uplift people in their day if millions of people at the same time of the day were thinking good thoughts and um, reading my essays and 
so in a nutshell, that's really how it came about, but I wouldn't have been able to write what I write about every day if I hadn't experienced all of the pain and trauma in my life starting from early childhood. I think our challenges make us more powerful creatives and give us the ability to deliver really important messages to those people who suffer very similar experiences that we suffer. How many followers do you think now are on daily on, on the blog? We send out 4 million emails a day. So, wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I mean, yeah, I know it's started in 2004, so it's been, what, 15, 16 years. Uh, so it's, you know, it's taken a while, but it really, a lot of it was word of mouth. You know, people share it a lot. It's read in yoga classes frequently. I'm big in the prison system, which, you know, is great. Uh, it's very uh, shareable content, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. And some days are more intense than others. I try and not have five really intense stories in a row. Some days are a little bit lighter, such as um, writing about maybe turtle energy or something like that, because we don't want to be too hard hitting and wear people out. We want them to open it every day and read it so that they can heal. Magical. I mean, and then on Facebook, you've got like a million six hundred and fifty thousand people following you so i mean that is massive girl massive and then you're you're writing books and creating courses so how long does it take for you to create this content daily that you're putting out well so for daily om i write um and have everything in the can three months ahead of time um so i'm really glad that my content doesn't really have to follow you know, specific holidays or things like that, or um, world events, that would be terrible. I'd be three months behind with world events. So that's really the only way I can do it because I'm human. I'm busy. Things come up. I get sick. I have a child. I have, you know, a couple of careers. So I really need it to be in the can well ahead of time uh, so that I don't panic and stress out about it. So we're a well-oiled machine at this point. We have 17 employees and, um, you know, it's all, it's all <laughs> very well calculated, I would say. Now, you talk about challenges and pain that you experienced as a younger woman. And I think you experience what many women experience, including myself, that you struggled with not feeling good enough you didn't feel worthy, that that lack of self-esteem inspired poor choices. For me, it was alcoholism and craziness uh, for 25 years until I got sober. Um, you walked the path of trying to get help medically, uh, and finally you became frustrated with that system because this says it all. Yeah. You were constantly being prescribed <laughs> medication that was making you feel worse and not better. And so you took your own journey in your hands, your own hands, and said, I'm going to do something about this. When, when did you start to shift from relying on medical help that was no longer 
serving you. It wasn't working. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I want to say I'm not anti-medicine and I'm not anti-doctor. They both saved oh, my life. Right. Um, don't want to be irresponsible there. Um, so um, I think I got to the point where I was just sick and tired, right? You just, we all have that moment, whether you're um, entering rehab or whatever that moment is, we have that aha moment. We're on the bathroom floor naked, you know, saying, help me. And at this point, I was medicated on antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills and feeling very robotic, feeling like I was living my life uh, in the passenger seat instead of being in the driver's seat. And I wanted to be in the driver's seat. And I just thought, you know, there's got to be a better way. I wasn't suffering from um, hallucinations or major depressive disorder. And so I thought, you know, I can really... Uh, take this journey to wean off of the meds under doctor supervision and come up with a plan uh, to live my life free of meds. Um, if there ever came a day where I needed to be on them again, I would do it. I'm not against it. But for me, I just wanted something different. I wanted a different way. And so in the book, the book is really just an offering from my heart. This is what I did. If you'd like to try it, this is what I did. And this is my journey. And this is my experience. And um, I have my life back. I'm running this multi-million dollar company. I have a speaking career, book career, a marriage and a child. Um, it took a lot of effort, but I am living my life in the driver's seat now. Well, how would you describe your lowest moment in the that challenge of anxiety, depression that you write about? Well, I was certainly suicidal for most of my life, so I'm not sure if we can get much lower than that. Um, I actually started being suicidal back in high school, you know, when those hormones kick in and then you have all these issues from childhood that have never been dealt with. And so um, really not wanting to be on this planet anymore. Yeah. Um, but somehow I always had this little feeling inside of me and it wasn't a voice and it wasn't even a whisper. It was a, a knowing that if I could just get to a certain point and do a certain thing, and I didn't know what those things were, or what that point was, that I would be okay. In high school, it was just get till you're 18, make it till you're 18 and then you can get out of the house. And so that was a milestone. Um, but after that, when I became an adult, there was more reasoning involved. And I just knew that I didn't have to feel suicidal and that I too could have a reason to live. Yes, I'll still have bad days. Yes, I'll have days when everything sucks. We all do. But I don't want that to be my first thought in the morning. I don't want to be on this planet anymore. And um, so I really advocate for people to staying with us, especially all the sensitive souls out there who are suicidal. You know, I'm living proof if I can do this, you can too. And there's beauty on the other side of those suicidal feelings. I know because I was also suicidal. My drinking took me to a very dark place where I finally got to that point that I didn't have one more day in me. Not one more day. Yeah. It, it, there was not going to be a morning. I was done. Mm -hmm. And um, it was when I surrendered to all of that, 
that I heard a different voice in my head that said, no, you're not going now. You've got lessons to learn. And when you master those lessons, you will need to help others. Yes. And the rest is history. I've been on that path ever since. And um, I think my recovery, I think my alcoholism was a blessing because it got me into recovery. And my recovery has inspired, you know, becoming a student of the Course of Miracles, becoming an avid fan of Daily Om, and so many other, you know, wonderful modalities and practices that I never would have ever, ever known. Um, I want to read a little quote out of Unmedicated, if you don't okay. mind. Uh, I know that you've done so many interviews on this. It's just, it's a beautiful book. It's so powerful for anybody that is struggling at this point, wondering, can you live, you know, without being medicated? And I just love this. Your emotional pain needs to be brought to the surface so it can be looked at, examined and acknowledged in order to heal. Long buried feelings hiding in the darkness cannot be healed. It's only in the light where you bravely look at your pain that healing takes place. When did you first feel like that? Was it before writing this? It must have been a while back when you started approaching, you know, not not using medication yeah. longer. Uh, so in my early 20s, I, uh, after using every drug on the planet and, you know, practically drinking myself to death, I became very ill and uh, I had tens and thousands of dollars worth of tests done and I finally kind of got put into that chronic fatigue syndrome box because nobody knew what to do with me. I had bizarre symptoms, fevers, pain in the body, cognitive disorders, just very odd symptoms. And, you know, I went to a neurologist and he said, Madison, you're the sickest person I've ever seen, you know, and I have no idea what's wrong with you. And he put me on Prozac, my first antidepressant, um, which started me on that journey. And it is in that journey where all of that learning happened and the beginning of the journey really uh was meditation and people roll their eyes and walk out of the room when you say meditation uh but for me that was a pivotal piece in my healing was to start getting quiet every day so i could hear the whisper from spirit to give me my next step all of this in the book everything i do to stay off medication came through meditation I didn't read other people's books. I, um, a doctor didn't prescribe it to me. It all came through meditation. And that's how powerful meditation is. And to be honest, when I first started to meditate, um, I was so sick, I couldn't even sit upright. I had to meditate you know, lying down, which is what all the master meditate teachers tell you exactly not, you know, you shouldn't do that. But that's what I could do. So I did it. And I think that's the really important part is I took that action step every day because for me uh, my depression and my anxiety my sickness was this loud booming voice in my head telling me I didn't want to be in this world anymore and so I had to step into my warrior self and take counteraction so every pillar and every step in the book is um uh, taking action against what rails at me, which is the depression and anxiety. So it really all started with 
a meditation and then went from there. For me as well. I think meditation saved my life. Yeah. Because I had that screaming voice of self-condemnation going 24 seven. It yeah. would never stop. And I would drink just to, just to, to delve that pain, just to shut it down a little bit, but it, it never really went away. And I try to teach as many women as I can meditation because one thing doesn't cost anything. Yes, I love that. Any way that you want to do it's a personal practice. It's not about perfection, right. but the results, what you get from that, are life changing. Yes. And that happened for you, and it also happened for me. And when people say, "Mel, how did you create what you've created, business or?" doing this and doing it. I say, you know what? I finally shut the noise down just like you did. I just got quiet. Yeah. I, I think the greatest thing I got from meditation was that I wasn't my thoughts. Right. <laughs> I, my thinking, I shouldn't believe it. it. It was, you know, my thoughts were what was my poison. And once I learned to work constructively with my thinking and more positively, I was really able to start to create whatever I wanted. Um, how did you start to create such a massive, um, you know, I mean, people don't, who, who may be unfamiliar with Daily Om, it's massive, it's huge. So how long did, I mean, it started in 2004. And at that point in time, were you still struggling at all with, your medical situation or were, were you starting to when I started daily Elm, I was off meds and and into it pretty well um, one of the healing things I did was I moved from uh, gloomy Seattle uh, where I was born and raised and lived the first 35 years of my life and I moved to California and that was a huge step the blue sky because I love Seattle. I'll always love Seattle, but it's not the rain. It's the gray and the gloom and the low clouds. And it felt like a brick on my head. And so when I moved to LA, it really, you know, opened my chakra and opened my world uh, to these healing modalities even more. I started in Seattle, but getting into the sunshine uh, really helped with that. And that got me to starting the aromatherapy products company, which um, was huge for me because people like us, we isolate, we stay at home. Um, I had no friends at that point because I was so sick and so crazy and so tired that all of my friends abandoned me basically because they were tired of my, you know, my behavior or non-behavior as it were. And so um, it was a really big deal for me to take, uh, sort of a hobby of mine to start that aromatherapy products business. And every step along the way of starting that business, I then could apply what I learned uh, to start Daily Ohm. And really Daily Ohm, uh, uh, it's just a need to be of service to humanity, right? For those of us, yourself included, when you go through such a huge journey, it's almost as if you can't contain it yourself. I have gone through too much. I have learned so much. It seems almost a waste to be just for myself, right? I need to share this with other people. And so my life now is dedicated to being of service to other people. And what better way 
then to create this online company uh, to do that um, with what I've learned throughout my entire life, really since since childhood. So, I love that you became aware of that. I did not know how much I had learned. I I wasn't giving myself credit until someone said to me, Mal, you have one of the most powerful stories of any woman in recovery that I know, and you have learned so much and really become such an avid student. You need to share what you've learned. And that's when my life took a whole different direction. I wrote my first book in 2010. It came out in 2012. And that was the beginning of service. Before that, I just had all this information and, and spiritual practices and all this wonderful stuff, but I didn't know what to do with it until somebody said, you need to give it away. You need to show people. How many courses do you think you have on daily right now? Uh Probably 350. I have four written myself and then with other authors about 350. I mean, you've got Deepak Chopra on there. You have every leading spiritual teacher on the planet on there giving a course. And what's so beautiful is that the courses are so affordable and people can also offer to pay what they can afford. I mean, yes. if that's not trying to help the planet, that's such a beautiful business model. More people should do it. Pay what you can afford to take this and, and so that it will help you. And then that person will step up and help somebody else. It's the yes. pebble in the pond. Yes. The ripple well, effect. Yes. There was definitely a lot of conversation and thinking about that. Um, I write about this in my book a lot that healing should be available to everybody. Yes. And um, it shouldn't cost tens of thousands of dollars to go to re a retreat where someone promises that they're going to heal you in a weekend, and they're not. You're not going to get healed in a weekend. Well, I shouldn't say not. Maybe somebody will. But for the most part, you can't change a lifetime of habits in one weekend. You can plant a seed, and if that's worth thousands of dollars to you, great. But for me... Um, I think it should be available to everybody and it should be affordable. And that's why the practices that I do to heal myself um, are either low cost or free, like journaling and meditation. All of that is free. And so our courses, it was very important for us to make them affordable. And um, we even have an option that you can pay more so that, you know, it can be sort of a pay it forward right. idea. And we've had people pay a lower amount and then love the course and say, I gained so much from this you know, I want to give you the rest of it or, or pay you more. So it's, it's been really beautiful for sure. I love that here you are, you're, you're one of the girls, you know, you're a regular woman who has had challenges, big ones, painful health, and you have worked through those challenges. And as you said, healing isn't something, it's not an instant fix. You have to apply yourself, you have to make choices, and you've got to make the commitment that, you know, you want to be well. And that's obvious, you know, that you have done that and, and done it in such a beautiful way that now you're impacting the rest of the world with what you have learned. So what comes up for you now? Do you, 
what triggers you at this point in your life? What challenges come up for you that, and then how do you deal with them today? Uh, I would say right now, becoming a mother later in life. I had my son when I was 44. Whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Oh, he's just, he's magical looking his hair and everything. I love him. He is magical, um, but he's gifted. So he has this high intelligence in his little body and it's, um, it's challenging. It's challenging for him and it's challenging for me as a mother. And, you know, I spent my whole life having friends without kids because I thought that's what I wanted. And so I really didn't have any role models. And so when all of a sudden, later in life, I changed my mind and said, ah, now I need to have this baby. Uh, I was kind of felt like I was swimming upstream and doing that alone. And so my greatest challenge right now is um, mothering a gifted child while having, you know, this dual career. And, um, you know, it's, it's difficult. And a lot of mommy blogs, they write um, all of their secrets and that it's so easy and their house is clean and, you know, they're out the door for a school drop off with the hair and makeup done. And my life doesn't look like that <laughs> at all. My house is messy and I don't get a shower until eight o'clock after my son's off to school. So um, that is my greatest challenge right now. Um, and that's enough. I'll take that. It's yeah. not something that I had planned for and um, I struggle with it. I, I really do. But I'd rather it be that than another sickness or a car accident, some major event. I try and hear the whisper of universe um, quicker these days so I don't have to get hit upside the head um, to really get my attention. And so uh, I make sure and take the time every day and listen. You know, I hear you. I'm listening. What do you need me to know? Please help guide me. Uh, when you've been through things like we've been through, yep. uh, you know, we really don't want to have to go down that hard path anymore. Like we've, we've done that. Uh, but I always want to make sure, uh, I think there's, I think health and healing and spirituality is sort of like the proverbial onion layer, right? There's always another layer. And I think there's really no end to how deep you can go when you're learning, uh, but for me, sometimes I, I tell spirit, you know what, I just need a break for a year, you know, just, just let me be and marinate and be still for a year. I'm paying attention. I'm still doing my work. I'm still of service, but I need a little break right now. And sometimes I'm granted a break, <laughs> you know, and sometimes I'm not, but it always turns out to be for the best, you know, universe always knows more than I do always. And as much as I curse and get mad and fling the F word around because I'm so mad about it. Um, they always, they always know better. Well, you also have a horse. I also have a horse on top of it all. That's right. That's a lot of work because I had one once I know. <laughs> yeah. But you know, they're so grounding and that's why I said yes. Last year was my year of saying yes to everything, every interview, um, everything, with the book and um, this opportunity. I wasn't looking for a new horse opportunity, but it, it fell into my lap and I really considered it. And I said, you know what, if you allow this horse to be a blessing in my life, 
and not um, more lessons to be learned via the horse experience. If it can be my one thing that's a treat, uh, I would appreciate that. I will go ahead and, and take on this expense and responsibility. Uh, and so we had a lovely summer together last summer, our first summer together and riding the trails of Santa Barbara. And, um, you know, he helps me get grounded and he shows me how to arrive with an open heart. So many lessons those equines give to us. They're great therapy. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Girl, you're magical. You really are. You're just a powerhouse of beautiful creativity and light and, and, and helping people out there. What one tip would you give women today that, as we wrap this up, that would help them to uncover who they truly are, to uncover the beauty that's within them that many of us don't see until we go through something catastrophic? Um, turn the mute on the inner critic. Uh, we all have it, and I still have it, uh, but you have to hit the mute button on your inner critic and start listening to the divine voice, whether it's prayer or meditation. Listen to what the angels have to say and the beauty in that and stop with all the craziness and listening to that voice because that voice is absolutely wrong. It's there to throw you off course. It's your self-sabotaging mechanism. So you don't have to show up for your life in your best way. I get it. I was the queen of self-sabotage. Um, but once you realize you're not going to get thrown off the boat into your fears just because you turn off the voice, um, know that all will be well. And, um, you know, I ask spirit for baby steps. I'm a big baby steps person. Just ask, give me a baby step. And um, that's how I roll. I don't like these gigantic here you go. <laughs> Ask for baby steps. So yeah, mute button on the self-sabotage. I love that because, boy, that voice, I know what it did. It whipped me around for 25 years of my life. And it wasn't until I was 41. I started at 16. It wasn't until I was 41 that I was able to dial that down. So <sighs> a lot of time I lost because of it. No. Yeah, but no regrets. No, none. None yeah. whatsoever. No, it, I, and, and. It, you know, it's funny, even though I'm in recovery and lots of great things have happened, challenges haven't disappeared. Right. You know, I've been hit with the cosmic two by four a few times over the last 30 years that have yeah. been wake up calls again. And I'm probably going to get hit, you know, a few more times before I leave this planet. But I have no complaints. Yeah. No what complaints. blessing. Oh, Madison, this has been wonderful. I truly appreciate you coming on. And I want to repeat that you can find Madison's work at dailyom.com or madisontaylor.com. You've got to run over there. You, you owe it to yourself to connect with the beautiful, beautiful teachings and courses that she's putting out there. It is it's magical. You're magical. You, you, you look like, you know, this divine goddess. You, you look like Lady Godiva on your horse. I, I was, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw a picture of you on your horse. I went, oh, my God, it's just like Lady Godiva. Gorgeous. 
Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for doing what you do. Oh, thank you. I, I love doing it. I really love doing it. It yeah. shows. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. Coming soon, Mal will release her new book, Broken Open, Embracing Heartbreak and Betrayal as Gateways to Unconditional Love. Get VIP access to free gifts and where to get the book on its April 17th release date at brokenopen-book.com.